For the last three years, the Democrats have tried to find any reason to impeach President Trump. Our guest today is Chris Farrell, who for the past 20 years has been the director of investigations at Judicial Watch. He's written a series of articles about the sham impeachment process and the dangers to our justice system. We're excited to talk to Chris Farrell about his take on impeachment and the consequences to our nation next. From the nation's capital, this is Use Your Voice with Penny Nance, President and CEO of Concerned Women for America. Here's your host, Penny Nance. Welcome to Concerned Women for America's Use Your Voice. I'm Penny Nance, CEO and President of Concerned Women for America. Well, they did it. The House of Representatives actually have passed the Articles of Impeachment against Donald J. Trump. Joining me now is Mario Diaz, who is the General Counsel for Concerned Women for America, just to discuss the basic overview today of what's happened, what's contained in the Articles of Impeachment, and what is sort of behind the whole movement. So welcome, Mario. It is great to be with you, Penny, even though we are discussing such a depressing topic. It really is. Here at this, you know, Christmas season, and we just thought for our listeners, this would be a good opportunity to just give you some basics on impeachment because we know you have friends and families that you're getting together with over the holidays, and right. you know, you've always got that one liberal uncle sitting around <laughs> the Christmas table or that multiple. or yeah. multiple. Maybe you're the lone conservative, but and maybe you don't talk about politics. But if there's an opportunity, and if you want to share, we just thought we'd give you some basic information that would just help you to share your perspective and just. Kind Kind of understand what's happening. Yeah. So, Mario, bring us up to speed. What's happened and what has the House of Representatives said on the issue of impeachment and then what happens next? That's important that you mention that, Penny, because what they have said is one thing and what they have actually done is another. What they've actually charged him with are two counts, one abuse of power and the other one obstruction of Congress. Both things are are really laughable when you look at them because the intent of the founding fathers in putting this provision in the Constitution, when you look at the language, high crimes and misdemeanors, it talks about bribery mm -hmm. and other things. You're talking about real crimes that will be a violation of our, our very freedom, the very fundamental freedoms that we have fought for. And they talk about that a lot. Mm -hmm. If you heard them, Adam Schiff saying bribery multiple times and even Nancy Pelosi, they throw these crimes out there as just speculation. Well, and let's remember, focus grouped yes. words that they, they have used because they had to change midway through in order to right. like put a finer point because the American people were like, quid pro quo, we don't get it. And then and they're like, oh, wait, bribery works. Let's use that word. Yeah. But at the time of actually proving the essential elements of bribery, they know they don't have the facts to support it. So they abandon it. And that's what they did here. And they are basically making this general charge that he has somehow behaved unpresidential. Mm -hmm. And this is the reason why they want to remove him from office, which is such a drastic measure and such a fundamental violation of the very constitution that they are say they are trying to defend that it is really something that we should not look at with glee mm -hmm. or flippantly but we should be measured and really condemn what they're doing here because it will have ramifications going forward penny as you mm -hmm. know once a president is established about something it will be an issue going forward when the shoe is on the other foot. 
Well, and I think historically we know that at the beginning it was used as a political tool. And then very quickly our forefathers and mothers recognized this is not appropriate. This is not helpful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have the story of being a young 20-something working at Concern Women for America during the Clinton impeachment. This was Mm -hmm. my first Mm go-around here, not too far out of college. I was Monica Lewinsky's age. And I've said to our staff, like, I know how they feel. I've seen this movie before, and let me tell you what's going to happen. And what's going to happen is, even though they feel justified in their outrage, and they feel good, and they think they're making political points, the American people see through it. And they don't think that it's okay to use impeachment as a political weapon to oust a duly elected president. And regardless of what party you're from, you have to take a very dim view of that. And I believe the American people are, and I think they increasingly will. And my prediction is there'll be consequences paid at the voting booth because of this. And there should be, Penny, because this is an incredible, historic, really, abuse of power, which is ironically what they are accusing the president of doing. It is exactly what they are doing. By abusing this process, which is totally appropriate at certain instances in our history, but using it in this way to make their political points known. Because in the end, they even know that this whole issue, the whole impeachment process, will fail. Right. Just think about that. Yeah. They know that this will fail, that the Senate, the evidence that they have presented, It is wholly inadequate for this, so the Senate will acquit. And let me tell you something also that most people won't know if they listen to the mainstream media, but the only thing bipartisan about this is the opposition. That's right. Even the vote to start this process was bipartisan against it, and it will be bipartisan again in saying no, Mm -hmm. he shouldn't be impeached, and in saying no... He is acquitted of it. Mm -hmm. So it is really an abuse of power that should be condemned and that should be remembered by the voters. Again, beyond really partisan politics, which, as you mentioned, the process in itself, it's meant to be political, and the founders knew. That's Mm -hmm. why they didn't want a partisan impeachment. They Mm -hmm. wanted uh, and then support. checks and balance, yeah. right? So you've got the House who actually yeah. makes the accusation, so to speak, by passing mm-hmm. the articles of impeachment, and then the trial right. that is held by the U.S. Senate. Yeah. So there is this sort of acknowledgement that it will be a political the temptation, issue. Yeah, right. the, the temptation will be there. But there is also some introspection, which is what you hope there would be in this whole process, that they would take some time and say, even though I despise the way the president is conducting himself or the way that he handled this or that phone call, I must recognize where the country is and what they have said, and I will try to do better. I mean, there's so many issues, and this is one of the things that I think people are most mad about with mm-hmm. this whole process from both sides of the aisle again. It's that they are wasting millions and millions and millions of dollars mm-hmm. and so much time. Mm-hmm. just consumed with this rage inside of them that they know will accomplish nothing. 
Yes, that is probably the most cynical part of the whole thing. And it's not like we live, I mean, America's a great country, but it's not utopia, right? It still has problems. We still have outrageous costs for drugs, and we still have, you know, health care issues. We still have tax issues. We still have, you know, burdens that the American people carry, trade issues, USMCA, and other issues that are important that have all gone on the back burner because Congress has been busy trying to impeach a duly elected president. And again, this is, goes to my point of why I strongly believe the American people will not take a kind view towards this activity when they go to the voting booth in November. And if history bears this out, the Republicans could even take the House of Representatives. So we'll see. I, I'm not, I don't have a crystal ball. This is just my gut reaction. But Mario, thank you so much, and we just appreciate it. Okay, we'll go to a break now. When we come back, we'll be talking to Chris Farrell of Judicial Watch and get his perspective. Hi, CWA listeners. You've heard all this talk about socialism in America today. Do you want to understand what socialism is and how it impacts society? Or how to respond to socialist promises like free stuff, health care, and college? For answers to these and many other questions, visit ConcernWomen.org, click on Podcast, and for a donation of any amount, you'll receive a copy of The Truth, about socialism. Again, ConcernWomen.org. Click on podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Use Your Voice. I'm Penny Nance, CEO and President of Concerned Women for America. And I'm so excited today to talk to our guest, Chris Farrell from Judicial Watch. It's great to be with you. Thanks very much. So you recently wrote that the American public is watching a bitter, dishonest, political spectacle, casting a poisonous gloom over the traditional winter holidays celebrating faith and family. You say, we're not witnessing a legitimate impeachment process, not any form of justice recognizable in America since Massachusetts spring of 1693. Don't hold back on us, Chris. Tell us what you really think. (laughs) (laughs) Give us your thoughts. No, really. I mean, this is such an extraordinary abusive process, right? Everything from the absurdity of this person being called a whistleblower who is not a whistleblower in any sense, whether you're using the legal technical definition or even sort of the common hand colloquial term whistleblower. This is not a whistleblower. This is a, a, a professional political operative who's being used in a seditious conspiracy to overthrow the Trump administration. I had this interesting conversation with a reporter from The New York Times today, and she was, you know, I think very fairly kind of asking my opinion on some of it. And I was said, you know, I think that the American people and conservatives would be way more open to even listening. But, you know, the fact that they tipped their hand by immediately calling for impeachment after the president was duly elected. And then, you know, what, was it three different times that the House voted, that actual language was put forward? Tell tell us about that. Well, you know, these are really just sort of political kabuki theater. And so over the last three years, you've seen various members of Congress Usually folks on the sort of militant left, you know, come out and and propose impeachment. I think one congressman had proposed impeachment because he didn't like that, you know, the Trump family business that the president has, you know, created an arm's length buffer. He's not involved in that for all the usual obvious ethical reasons. But the fact that the Trump family business had been able to acquire and develop the Trump Hotel 
that was supposed to be impeachable. I mean, you know, they don't like the length of his ties. That's impeachable. <laughs> They're just preposterous. You know, it's just sort of matter of fact. Yeah. Things. So the false but, narrative of Russian collusion, right? That fell apart. You, you know, and think of, of how many dire doomsday headlines, you know, out of the New York Times, Washington Post, etc., about you know the imminent indictment of the president and his family, and they're all right. spies and you know, hysterical language that went nowhere. Well, you know it's bad when Saturday Night Live even spoofs it. And plus the fact that there are no high crimes and misdemeanors, right? Right. Facts be damned. You know, they're not interested in legal process and, or even rules of procedure that the federal courts and the Department of Justice conduct themselves by. This is a make it up as you go along, stream of consciousness, you know, moving target sort of hearing. So the first it was Russia, Russia, then it's Ukraine. And then even within Ukraine, first it's quid pro quo, then no one knows what that means. That's kind of confusing. So then you have to move the ball again and say, well, no, it's uh, it, now it's bribery. Mm -hmm. right? And, uh, you know, it, so the language changes because there's no article under Title 18 of the U.S. Code, which is the criminal code, that they can point to and say, aha, the president, you know, satisfied the rules of evidence that justify indictment on this mm -hmm. claim against him. It's all made up. It's it's nonsense. It's political theater. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to talk to Chris about the idea of the deep state. Like, what is that? What does that really mean? What are the implications for our country? So let's take a break, and we'll be back in just a moment with Use Your Voice. Hey ladies, you're smart, passionate, and savvy. You care about your family and you care about our nation. That's why you should join Concerned Women for America. I'm Penny Nance, President and CEO of Concerned Women for America, and I pray you will visit ConcernedWomen.org to learn how you can add your voice to the largest public policy women's organization in the nation. That's ConcernedWomen.org. Hi, welcome back to Use Your Voice. I am so excited that we have Chris Farrell with Judicial Watch. He is the Director of Investigations at Judicial Watch. And we've been talking about the impeachment process. And I'm really grateful because you have followed this very closely, Chris. I'm very grateful that you're on just to give us your perspective and your real insider perspective on what is going on. And I'll have to be honest that... The first time anyone said to me, well, what about the deep state? It was at a CWA event, and I honestly think I literally rolled my eyes because it just seemed so paranoid, right? But what is meant by that, and by the way, now I'm a believer, is that there is a entire sort of group of professionals that no matter who's in charge, they're mostly civil servants, they're part of the government apparatus, they never leave, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat, and they have a lot of power, a lot of authority. It's people who think they know better than the American people on how the government should run and the decisions on specifically on foreign policy. They don't like the president's position on moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. They don't like his hard negotiating style that he is known for and has been, by the way, very successful with as commander in chief. And so what we know has happened and 
perhaps in this particular case is that people are very unhappy with him and therefore kind of take matters in their own hands. So, Chris, I'd love to hear your kind of thoughts on that. I couldn't agree with you more, and I think your description is quite apt. I mean, look, this is a professional political class, and I think one way to look at it or sort of consider who these people are is look at the presidential election polling results for the counties around Washington, D.C., because when the government goes home to sleep at night, when all those those staffers, all those cubicle dwellers in the various government agencies and offices, when they go home at night, where do they go? Well, they go to Fairfax County and Arlington and Montgomery County, Maryland. And if you look at the voting results, I mean, Hillary Clinton won those counties in the upper 80 percent, all the way up into the upper 90 percent. I think Montgomery County came back at something like 96 percent for Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. Well, that's representative of the person's who get up in the morning and take the train or drive into Washington, D.C. and occupy all those government offices scattered all over the city. They already have a disposition or sort of an inclination to the left. They are largely Democrats. That is the rank and file membership of these government agencies and departments. You'll recall back early in the Trump administration, the acting attorney general, Sally Yates, who defied the president and was fired. My comment with respect to the Department of Justice and the headquarters there, Maine Justice, is that it is an army of Sally Yateses and that Mr. Barr, the attorney general, is kind of sitting on top. But beneath him, the rank and file are all sort of Sally Yates types that, you know, they'll do as they're told, but they'll drag their feet and they'll forget and they'll be late and they'll they'll just make a couple of mistakes or two. Mm There is an institutional resistance that is, you know, simply not interested in carrying out the president's goals and objectives. And that's just the way it is. And if they want to slow walk something or if they want to, you know, torpedo somebody's plans or they don't like a particular political appointee, they can make life very difficult. And so anybody who says, oh, no, that's preposterous. These are all, you know, career civil servants who are apolitical. And biased. Any, yep. Anyone who says that is lying to you. Well, they don't know. I mean, they, they, they're misinformed, certainly. And I and that is not that's an open secret here in town. Correct. And let me just say, to be fair, there are really great people that work in the federal government. And we need good federal employees that are consistent and work hard and truly believe in love their country and want to serve. I mean, you have to take the oath of office. I had to take I had to swear to uphold and protect the Constitution when I went to work under the Bush administration as a mom, actually, part-time working for the chairman of the FCC. Like, there's important work to do. However, everybody knows, everybody in town knows, and anyone that knows anything about the federal government, is that it does lean left. By the way, I think that that had direct impact on the Virginia elections just recently. Indeed. Is the Northern Virginia section, who, a group of people who are particularly engaged right now and voting because they don't like this president. And so he is not popular with the rank and file who just simply think they know better, even though no one ever voted for them. And we're seeing this play out. So, yes, the people testifying 
have served their nation. We all have. Some of them have even, God bless them, wear the uniform and we at Concerned Women for America support our military. However, they're still human beings. And we tend to believe our own narrative. We tend to believe when there's gray, we tend to read into it sometimes what we want to see. And I just wonder if that's not part of what we're seeing here. Yeah, I mean, again, I think you've described it well. Uh, There are some very good and faithful public servants who, even though they have their own personal opinions and preferences, they do the right thing anyway. But I'll tell you that you can't bank on it. And these same people are, frankly, usually more interested in collecting their retirement benefits. So they want to hit their magic 20 years. And rather than say, look, you know what? I really don't agree with a particular policy. And, and instead of having a crisis of conscience and deciding to either energetically and faithfully carry out the orders that they've been given or resign, those are the two options. But they don't have the courage of their convictions. And rather than doing the right thing, they will seek to slow walk and sabotage. And that's what we're faced with. So let's switch a little bit and talk about what are the long term implications of the idea of impeachment becoming a political tool? What does that mean for our nation? I mean, I was saying to this reporter I was talking to earlier today, I said, you know, I think the Republicans learned their lesson under Bill Clinton that, you know, we were making these lofty arguments about lying under oath. And he was making a very simple message about his privacy and it was about his sex life and you know Republicans need to stay out of that and at the end of the day they messaged way better very simply and not only did they win but Republicans had a big price to pay in the next election I think Democrats are going to have to learn that same lesson in this next election because there are such consequences for using impeachment as a political tool. What do you think about that? I agree with you. You know, it's, um, you know, the case of the Clinton situation, the subject matter was pretty tawdry, mm-hmm. right? It was it and was interesting, kind of, by the way. <laughs> yeah. It I had mean, everyone's it, attention. Let's put it, it that way. It had everyone's attention. It was sort of tabloid magazine mm-hmm. at the supermarket kind of coverage, but not something I believe necessarily that the founders were thinking of when they put in a discussion of high crimes and misdemeanors. They were talking about you know, real corruption, real treason, you know, people exercising their government office for personal benefit or to, to do something horrific. I don't think they were talking about a former Deep South governor who had some personal problems, you know, let's put it that way. And look, you know, when it came to the Clintons, there were sufficient reason. That's what I was to, thinking. To go after them. It, really, for, for the, the whole Lewinsky thing was what they could prove, right? Right. Of, there were so the many other pick. things going of on. All the things to pick, right? There was mm-hmm. white water. There was yeah. monetizing their office. Right. And, and there was Chinese campaign cash. There was a lot of different things to go after. Well, what happened in the Clinton Foundation is 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 exactly the same sort of thing that had always happened with the Clintons. So, you know. Finally, it right. caught up. They picked the lowest hanging fruit, unfortunately. And, mm-hmm. uh, but nonetheless, in this case, you have Democrats who are trying to what's re- really sort of ordinary uh, horse trading between various politicians and world leaders on phone calls. You know, people would be flabbergasted if they had ever seen the transcripts of conversations between FDR and Churchill, right? There's mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff that goes on. And they're trying to criminalize it. And that is the tragedy of uh, what's going on with respect to these hearings. Well, we need to wrap up, but what do you think happens next? And what's the one thing 
that listeners need to know when they're talking to their neighbor, when they're talking at church, whatever? What's the one piece of information they need to have in order to inform others? The Democrats can't articulate a crime, which is sort of the underlying issue with respect to impeachment. There will be a House vote. The House will vote to impeach the president. It will go to the Senate and it'll die there. And then I think the largest question overall has to do with Mr. Barr and Mr. Durham, who are doing their own investigation of this Russia hoax. Mm -hmm. And my words there are that they had better impanel grand juries and bring indictments, because if there are not criminal consequences for what was done, If there isn't some sense of justice restored, some faith for the American public to have in the Department of Justice and the FBI, if everyone just gets a pass on this, we are done. Mm -hmm. There can't be two standards of justice. I mean, whether I mean, you do you could name off whether it's Lois Lerner who basically got away with targeting conservatives or at at the IRS or others, people who lied against Justice Kavanaugh. There has not been justice for everyone. And 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 we can talk about Fast and Furious and Uranium One, Clinton Foundation, and the Steele dossier. I mean, there's a long list where people just walked away. Oh, and by the way, let's remember that Planned Parenthood had nine referrals, criminal referrals against them for selling baby parts. There, where are those? Correct. Where are the indictments there? So, Correct. yes, we, we strongly would urge Attorney General Barr to follow through on all of that. Chris, thank you for being on. Give us your website. Tell us how people can come and find out more about what you're doing at Judicial Watch. The best thing for folks to do is go to our website, which is Judicial Watch, altogether one word, judicialwatch.org, O-R-G. Well, thank you. And we are just, again, grateful and all the best to Tom Fenton and your team at Judicial Watch. We appreciate what you're doing and God bless you. It was great to be with you. Thanks very much. Folks, thank you for following us and remember to use your voice. Thanks for listening. Use Your Voice is a ministry of Concerned Women for America, the largest public policy women's organization in the nation. For more information, visit ConcernedWomen.org. That's ConcernedWomen.org.